I found that from an early age that this was a business that I could stick around with and feel good about and grow into. It doesn't matter what your background is or where you're from. This business can be beneficial to everyone. One of the things that I used to always get asked is, you know, tell me about the best time in the business or your favorite time in the business. And my answer is real easy. It's right now. It's great people. It's great programs. It's great products. Right now is always the best time in the business. If you have the ability and the desire, you can be successful here. If you're a part of the Cutco Vector business, you know him and you love him. It's Steve Porzik. Stevie P, as he's affectionately known, is the Vice President and Director of Marketing at Cutco. His time in the Vector business actually dates back to 1986, when he started as a sales rep in Buffalo, New York. He served as an assistant manager, branch manager, and district manager before moving into a special role as the Northeast Region Sales Promotion Manager. He later held the national SPM position for about five years before moving to Olean to work with the corporate headquarters. With his unique background in the field, Steve has been an ideal leader to bridge the gap between the Vector Marketing field sales team and the Olean-based Cutco corporate team. Stevie P truly epitomizes the spirit of the Cutco Vector business. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I have a fantastic guest today from the Cutco headquarters in Olean, New York. It's Steve Porzik. Steve has been in the Cutco Vector business since 1986. Started out as a sales rep, worked his way up as a district manager, eventually became a sales promotion manager, and was actually the national sales promotion manager for the company for a while. Uh, Steve ultimately was tapped for a role in Olean as the director of marketing that is the role that he has been in for many years now. He is one of the best loved people in the Olean team. And uh, he really epitomizes, in my opinion, the spirit of the Cutco Vector business. You're going to love this conversation today. Stevie P, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Dan. Very kind words from you. I, I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here today. All right. Excellent. Well, listen, man, I don't know anything about... Stevie P pre-1986. I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and your personal background. Well, actually, Dan, uh, I grew up about two hours north of here, uh, right outside of Niagara Falls. 
youngest of four, an older brother, two older sisters. I would say standard middle-class family. Dad was an electrician. Mom worked at the local town hall. Played a ton of sports, six, seven days a week. Anything I could play any time, I did. Uh, love music. Uh, love the sunshine. Always thought uh, after graduation I would move someplace warm, but uh, that did, didn't pan out for me, but uh, still great. And then uh, current day married uh, daughter and and three wonderful grandkids. So uh, there's a little bit about me, Dan. Yeah. Well, if anybody's watching on video, they're not going to believe that uh, you could have grandkids, Steve, because uh, <laughs> you look as good as you did 15, 20 years ago, man, when, uh, when uh, you were uh, the SPM. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool. So a, a kid of Western New York. I like yes. that. Yeah. And then how did you end up getting into the Cutco business? So uh, I was a junior at the University of Buffalo, a uh, marketing major. Prior to that, you know, I say my work experience was retail and grocery. Uh, so I was looking at really trying to get some resume experience and thinking, what am I going to do after graduation? So uh, back in those days, when you're looking for work or a job, you went to the newspaper, which I know is, is, is pretty foreign to most people today, but that was really the only source uh, and saw an ad for marketing called, went to the interview, uh, went through training, uh, was accepted, went to training, and then, uh, you know, picked up my sample kit. Uh, so started in college, just like everybody else, worked out pretty well, uh, went on to actually get an internship my first year as, as a uh, senior, four-credit internship. And as you mentioned, uh, really, it's the only job I've ever had. I've been here for uh, 36 years, so it worked yeah. out worked out okay for me. <laughs> Same here, man. I love uh I love the look on people's faces when they ask me what I do. And I tell them same thing I've been doing since I was 17 years old. So that's cool. Who did you work with when you were brand new? Like who was your original manager? Uh, so my original manager was a gentleman by the name of Mario Demita. Mario. Yeah. We started off and uh, we were in the central region and my first region zone manager was Marty Dimitrovich. So uh, soon after that transferred over to uh, Northeast with Mike Lancelot. But uh, again, many, many years ago, but uh, yeah, those are my first, uh, my first three big managers, I'd say. Yeah. And what do you remember about your rep days? Oh, you know, I tell you what I what I think I loved the most was, well, first of all, when I first started, I found out that there were some people in my neighborhood that had Cutco. One of my best friend's mom lived right across the street from me uh, our entire lives and never knew it was Cutco until I went to give her a demo. And she said, Cutco, I've had Cutco since 1970 or whatever it was. And it was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. So that was pretty neat. But, uh, you know, I think I always loved, I always call it the wow factor. You know, when you when you did the demonstration and you cut the rope and the leather and the penny for the first time and the excitement on the customers' faces about how great the product performed, I'll never forget that. That that was really cool. It was like, wait for it, here it comes, uh, the big wow. I like the fact that I was in charge of my advancement. You know, I could win a trophy based on my efforts. I could get a promotion based on my efforts, and it was just unlimited. And I had been, as I said, in retail and uh, and grocery where I just, you know, same job, same thing, never had a chance to get an increase in pay or raise. Uh, and then one of the, uh, the the biggest things that I think, Dan, was I really enjoyed learning about the knives, the names and the uses and experimenting in the kitchen. And I'd say it's really developed into a uh, a lifelong love of eating healthy. Um, mm. you know, so preparing meals from scratch, knowing what I'm making, uh, and having the greatest tools in the world to help me prepare that. So that's something that's really has stuck with me, you know, starting from a college student up until uh, where I am today. That's cool. How about as a district manager? So you became a DM after how long in the business? 
so I started my path was uh, uh, just about two years in the rep world, became an AM campaign pilot for a campaign branch for the summer and was promoted to district at the end of that summer. So I kind of held all the all the management positions going up into district manager. So I uh, was a DM for five years in Syracuse. And uh, it was about two and a half hours away from where I was at school and about three hours away from where I grew up. So, you know, the first thing I remember was, you know, moving to a new territory, you know, that first day that I opened up the door and there was nothing in there. And I, I think I actually slept in the office that night because I had no place else to go and and just really, you know, building from scratch. I, mean, I didn't know a single person in Syracuse and building a team that summer, that first summer that I was there, fall going in that summer or spring in the summer and just achieving the goals that we uh, that we had set out. So that was really, really neat. As I continued on in the DM role, I would say, you know, forming friendships uh, with people that uh, to this day are some of my best friends. Uh, and that continued on in other roles that I had. And, and in fact, I'd say most of my best friends uh, are people that I uh, met and encountered in the business. You know, the district manager position, the the growth opportunity, you know, whether it was financial or time management or leadership or whatever it was, I know that those were things that I was not going to learn or hadn't learned in school. And you know, the reason I where I am today is because of that experience. I know for a fact I would not have progressed and would not have been the success that I've had uh, without those five years of really learning how to be a leader uh, and develop and train people. Yeah. It's such a great proving ground, I feel like, for so many future careers that people could have. When somebody is a DM for a few years, they learn so many great things that will make a big difference uh, in their life. So, it's great that you had that experience for those years as well. I love being a DM. It was fantastic. Yeah. How did you end up getting into being SPM? So uh, as you remember, back uh, back in the day, uh, we used to have uh, restructuring every number of years. And we went many times from zones to regions. And it was four, six, or eight. And we constantly had changed as a way to provide opportunity for uh, you know up-and-coming managers and, and, and you know division managers. So we were going through a restructuring. My office was centrally located in the division. So all of the division meetings were in Syracuse. So for, you know, our pre-SC1 and SC2, uh, I was in charge of hotel connections and contacts and meeting rooms set up and prizes and awards. And so I kind of had a little background there on meeting planning and uh, and prize stuff. And so when the restructuring came, I was approached uh, and offered the opportunity to actually move to the uh, Vector headquarters outside of Philadelphia for a year for some training. Uh, and that's where Don Frieda was located and Mike Lancelot and all the national people. And I said, wow, this seems like a pretty good opportunity to spend time uh, with, you know, the big the big wigs of the business at that point and really see a larger uh, picture of, of the company than just the division level that I had been at. So spent five years as the national or Northeast SPM uh, here in Philadelphia and moved out to Pittsburgh for four years and then became the national SPM and did that for five years. So great 10 years, wonderful opportunity, and uh, really loved that position as well. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about uh, your SPM days and just some of your stories of uh, cool experiences that you had. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, one of the first and most important things that I enjoyed doing was really the recognition, gratitude part of the business, right? You know, after running an office for five years and selling for a couple of years, 
you know, I was able to relate and I knew what it took to be successful, to be a top rep, uh, to be a top manager, that it wasn't easy, that there was a lot of hard work associated. So the ability to, to really feel that, hey, this is that was a great accomplishment. I love the fact of being able to uh, shower the reps and the managers. You know, during that time, I think we designed a bunch of programs that were instrumental uh, in the growth of the business. Uh, you know, the Standard of Excellence program, which uh, became just known as the SWORD program. Uh, I think you're familiar with that. You, you you might hold the record for the most swords, I think. I, I, don't know if that, <laughs> I think that's probably still true. But I remember when I was giving them out, I know that you got one every single year. So uh, that was a neat thing. The uh, The Millionaires Club, which was the Rolex program. Uh, you know, these were all things that, you know, at that time of the business, numbers were starting to explode, right? We There was that ceiling that had taken place for a number of years, and we really started to expand that in some big numbers, million-dollar offices, you know, $500,000, $300,000 sales reps. So things are really expanding, and so it was kind of neat to be a part of that. Uh, travel, uh, you know, that's a big uh, a big part of, obviously, our company. And you know, I think at that point, after being done with uh, SPM role, I've been to about 20 different countries, uh, some of them, well, uh, repping a manager and some of those in, in the role of SPM. You know, some of the trips, I, you know, the, the massive trip to London and Paris, which, you know, was 475 people. And uh, I think at, at that point, I know it was the biggest and might still be. And, and I was talking to one of the SPMs, uh, current SPMs, and I said, yeah, we did all that with no cell phone and, uh, you know, no computers. And and basically it was get off the train and hope the person's standing there with a sign that says your name. And, uh, so, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed that everybody was on time. So that was kind of neat. And, you know, uh, just just some other great travel stories. But I would say another big part was Getting an opportunity at all the events, whether it would have been on a trip or attending a year in banquet, was to really meet the family and the support system uh, of the representative or the manager. You know, when you did have somebody that was a rep that came in and had success, it was always great to speak to mom and dad. And they said, you know, sometimes crying, I can't believe the impact that you've made on my child. Or, you know, they started off as a shy, introverted person and they came out at the end of this with confidence and the ability to you know, go for their dreams. And so I really just liked, liked the gratitude aspect of of thanking them because I know that there's uh, a lot of support that goes into this business. And and while people don't normally see those people, uh, it was always great to to recognize them and say thank you for, for helping out. Yeah. I chose to feature Gilbert Gonzalez on the podcast uh, a while back. And he's the Western region sales promotion manager for anybody who is listening and doesn't know who Gilbert is. And we called his episode, Recognizing the Past, Shaping the Present, and Helping People See the Future. And I think that really epitomizes, as an SPM, the things that you get to do, you know, to recognize and appreciate people, and then also like shaping what goes on right now, and then painting a vision of the future, where people can be, and what could be next, and what's exciting, and all that kind of stuff. And so you held that role at the company level, right, for uh, a number of years. And and that's where I think so many people in the field at that time got to know you. And, you know, as I said, you became one of the best loved characters in our business uh, through those years. Well, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely uh, a great, great time. And as I said, uh, just to share show that appreciation uh, is something that I still enjoy today, uh, whether or not I'm in a role that's uh, associated with that or not. 
Yeah. What did you grow to love about the Vector business during all these different roles you had throughout these different years, Steve? Again, this is a people business. I know that the product is strong and and I'll talk about product a little bit later. But, uh, you know, I had a lot of great managers. I had a lot of great mentors that really you know, really took me under their wing. You know, I, I think about what, what a family atmosphere this business has been, the support that I've received, every one of the roles, positions that I've been in. And I always felt like they cared about me. It wasn't about a number or a dollar amount. It was they wanted me to be successful. And I found that from an early age that uh, this was this was a business that I could stick around with and feel good about and grow into. Mm-hmm. Um, paychecks, they weren't bad. I remember some big paychecks, which uh, as positions or roles increased or changed, you know, getting some some paychecks that I was thinking about, wow, as a, as a college kid, that's a pretty nice paycheck where I'm sure some of my friends are wishing they were going to make this for the whole summer. And, you know, and I had a nice little push week and, and uh, got a nice paycheck. So that, that was kind of neat, but that was definitely secondary. You know, the product is so fantastic, Dan, as you know, that, uh, you know, now when I go back to my hometown or I go back to places that I used to live, I've, we've uh, moved a number of times in the business, seeing somebody that's had Cutco for 20, 25, 30, 35 years, and telling you how great it is and that they they might have had an issue, but it was taken care of by the company. And you didn't feel embarrassed like you sold them a product that you know fell apart two years later. So that pride in, in knowing that, hey, what a great investment they made 30 years ago. And they're still using that product every single day. The business is always evolving. I mean, every day is different. As you know, you know, one of the things that uh, that I used to always get asked, or still even to this day when we have region visits here in Olean is, you know, tell me about the best time in the business or your favorite time in the business. And my answer is real easy. It's right now. Because this business just gets better each and every day, each and every year. And I always say, the exciting part's still going to be coming, right? It doesn't matter what happened five or 10 years ago. Right now is always the best time in the business because we've got great people and great products. So yeah, I'd say those are some highlights of, of my early career with the company. Yeah, that's so great to hear. We're all just super lucky, I feel like, to have discovered this place. I think about what you said, you know, seeing a newspaper ad. It's the same thing for me. Like that's how I heard about the job. I saw a newspaper ad and <laughs> went into an interview in a branch office. Yep. My branch manager was a guy named Randy Hugh. I don't even know if you'd remember him, but you'd remember Filippo Mancini. He was sure. my division manager. Yep. Um, and I just feel like if I hadn't gone in or if I didn't go to my training or my training was rescheduled from one night to the to the next day, I like showed up and it would have been rescheduled and I had to come back the next day or go to go to the division pilot office the next day, which was about 30 or 40 minutes away. And it was like, I could easily have not gone, you know, and how many things in life would be different Right. Yep. If I had not come into uh, the vector opportunity all those years ago and experienced these same things you described in terms of mentors and paychecks and, you know, the the customer stories and just all the fun and evolution that we go through. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's been and a great I, ride. I mean, the friendship. I mean, I'm sure you can sit back and say, boy, there there are a lot of people in this business that I am grateful that I did get a chance to meet with uh, or meet them and that they have become such an instrumental part a role in my life that I would not have even met if, if it wasn't for Cutco Vector. So very lucky with that. My wife being one of them, she, she was not in the business, but uh, she was a friend of uh, one of my managers. She had gone to grade school with my uh, manager's wife at that point. We met on a blind date. So here we are. So 
Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I certainly think about people like Bruce Goodman and Brad Britton, among many others, but uh, certainly those two guys stand out as uh, having been really instrumental in my life and just uh, lucky that I uh, had a chance to get to know would never have met them outside of working here, you know? So, yep. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, you had all these years in the field and working with the field in Vector. And then you have this very unique crossover that you have been working in the Cutco headquarters now for many years. And so you had this transition where you went from SPM back to Olean. Tell us a little bit about why you were the right person to make that move. And then I would love to hear you describe a little bit about the director of marketing role. Sure. So I think... um... The important part to to remember is I think I was tapped because they were looking for somebody that had uh, field experience. Up until my arrival, uh, nobody had really sold knives. Nobody had definitely run an office or nobody had had really interacted with the vector side of the business. So the big objective was to come in here and help bridge the gap. I would say what was very interesting is I, I I quickly gained tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for all the efforts that took place here in Olean. Because uh, again, being in the field 20 plus years, I really didn't have any knowledge of what they did or what they went through to uh, you know uh, support the field and 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 you know manufacture the product. So that was really eye opening. And at the same time, I had an opportunity to educate everybody here about what goes on in the day-to-day life of, of the vector side of the business. So actually it was kind of a perfect marriage. Hmm. Uh, I got to be able to share and then also share as well. You know, I would laugh. I remember when I got here, one of the first things I did with, with the team was I brought up the national sales report and everybody looked at me, this is the marketing team. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, <laughs> what's that? This is like, you know, every week, every month, like this is the thing, you know, this is, you know, and uh, it was really funny. They had never seen that. And it was so just so mind blowing to me that we're all part of the same company, but there was such differences and silos that were in the business. So, you know, I laugh now because every month end when I run my daily staff meeting, they say, is it it's month end? Let's get out the national sales report. And, and now they know names and they know programs and how do the CSPs do and what's going on in the events department. And so it, it's just really great to be able to transform. And, and they're now understanding that they're they're bigger than what goes on here. And they can really have a huge impact uh, on the, uh, the, the sales force and the sales field. So that was kind of neat to be able to kind of change the mindset there. And, and uh, hopefully I'm doing the same thing when when the, the vector managers and, and reps say, hey, Olean does a great job with, uh, you know, all the functions that they do here. So that's one thing that I think is pretty pretty neat that uh, the changing over the past, you know, 15 years of how everybody now is hopefully working better uh, as one. Yeah. I just think about how all of us out here, like we can't wait to get the email on Tuesday with the national sales report so we can see, hey, what happened last week? How are we doing? Who's doing well? What's going on? You know, what, where are the highlights? And that was like a foreign thing to yeah. the people in Olean back at that time. Nowadays, though, you're saying that the the you know the employees in Olean would have an idea of who Dana Spagard is or who Drew Frank is or you know Stacy Campbell or yeah. the others and, that are leading. And it's it's helpful too with region visits. So the fact that now we can you know make sure knowing hey who's who's going to be coming in for this event and this meeting and where they're at. So it's really been beneficial for the people here to be able to know and, and, and associate the name with the face, because, you know, like you said, a lot of times it's just that piece of paper. So, yeah. And then we get to bring all of our top 
new reps every summer out to Olean in the fall to be able to go through the factory and just see how everything works out there. And I think that's one of the most eye-opening experiences for our people is to get to get that Olean perspective of what happens out there as well. So it's cool that we're able to both see uh, the work that each other does, you know, to help the whole company to grow. Yeah. And, and, you know, the importance of that, Dan, is again, is to say that we really, we really, it's a partnership. You know, we, we can make a lot of knives, but if no one's out there selling them, it doesn't work. And you sell a lot of knives, but we can't make any, well, then it doesn't work either. So, you know, I always say that even though everybody doesn't live here in Olean, the impact that the field has on the community is, is really massive. And the gratitude that we have for the efforts that go on in the field are great. So, you know, one of the questions that I get all the time when, when, when the field comes in is like, what does the marketing team do? Okay. What, what, you know, what, what is, what do you guys do? And I, I say, you know, to, to boil it down in the easiest way is uh, we do about 50% what I'll call field support. And then about 50% of what I'll call post-purchase marketing. Okay. So when I go to field support, I mean, you know, new products, promotions, uh, literature, sales support materials, um, anything that we can do to help out portals, catalogs, all the stuff that we do that help out the sales representatives as well as the managers, okay? We're always looking for ways to make it better. Can we be more efficient? Can we help support in different ways? We're always looking for feedback. So if there are things that we can do to help out, you know, great. all the social media that we do, the engagement that we have, all the stuff that goes on that kind of uh, shares the, the Cutco brand out there. Post-purchase efforts are the ones that are, again, customers that are stranded, that don't have active rep of records. You know, that's our catalogs, that are e that's the emails. Uh, the beauty, as you know, of that is that any sale that comes in, uh, we pay a commission out on. And we, uh, I would say, support the field with sub substantial uh, commissions from, from our efforts and our programs. Very substantial. Yeah. And, and the one thing that I want to say always, and this is the most important piece, we are not here to compete against the field. We are here to compliment, okay? We just want more people to buy Cutco. We'd rather have customers buy from the sales representatives. If they don't, we pay a commission. So again, we're really here in a complimentary way uh, and never to compete. Our social is not to sell. It's just to get engagement. It's to build brand awareness. That's basically what we're here for. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting that that's how it is structured because it did. I don't think it would be that way everywhere else. Right. I think that, you know, Vector and Cutco have such a family feel. And like you said before, it's a partnership, yep. right? Where everybody in Cutco realizes that they wouldn't have jobs if there wasn't this field organization selling millions and millions of dollars of knives every year. And all the Vector people realize that, you know, we wouldn't have such a great opportunity if there weren't everybody in Olean making the products at such a high level and being able, providing all of the support that happens in Olean behind the scenes. And so everybody wants everybody to win. And the decisions that have been made from Olean in regards to how the field is handled, I feel like have been very, very supportive of the field. And in particular, a lot of the work that you're doing puts a lot of dollars back in the pocket of our managers and sales reps. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So it's the, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing that because uh, <laughs> it's, it's really great work. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You mentioned 50% is field support 50% is post-purchase marketing. I have a question I wanted to ask you, which is, do you know what percent of households in America have Cutco in it? 
I can give you an answer that's not going to be 100%, but it's going to be pretty close. So our database goes database goes back to the early 90s. So anybody, any purchase before that, we wouldn't know unless they've uh, reached out for, for service or sharpening. But right now, we've got about 16 million customer names on the database. Not all of those are individual customers. Some are households, uh, you know, husband, wife. But uh, we also have a bunch of Cutco that was is given out as gifts that we don't have customer records on. So I, I'd be comfortable to say we've got 16 million at least um, at this point. So 16 million customers. I don't know how many households are in the U.S., but I'm just going to say it's a like hundred million. If there's you know three, three hundred thirty three in every people, uh, three so, in yeah. every house, hundred million. So yeah. we're in 15 percent of the households in the United States. That's pretty powerful. Yep. Yeah, I remember asking this question many years ago and submitting zip codes to Olean to find out like, because one of my reps was saying, oh my God, this this area of our territory is saturated. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like there's always more opportunity. And I remember the highest zip code in my territory was a city called Saratoga, which is right next door to where I live now. And it was like 20%, I want to say, of the households had Cutco. And I was like, see, look, 80% of the people in Saratoga don't even have Cutco yet. I'm like, <laughs> so much I think, opportunity. I think we're safe in, in uh, our lifetimes that we're not going to run out of people to sell to. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. We're safe in our lifetimes not to run out. But also, like, what we've already done is so compelling. Like, it's it's really powerful how prevalent Cutco is. And, you know, whenever people ask me what I do and I lead with, have you heard of Cutco? I very seldom get a no, what's that? Like, almost everybody knows what it is and you know so pretty cool yep yeah what what are so what are you working on now like what are some of the exciting things that are happening in the marketing department these days so i would say uh brand awareness has really been something that we've been focusing in on now so um i know that we're you know we just shared some numbers but we have a huge opportunity to make that larger uh to continue to get more people to know about the cutco product we got a lot of customers that bought many years ago and unfortunately have not bought again, whether that is not uh, from an opportunity, they haven't been contacted, they're not in a, a, a place where we have or the ability for them to see Cutco. So, you know, we can re-engage a lot of customers, you know, that love Cutco, that know the product, know the value of it. And so now it's really just an easy uh, reconnect with them to try to get them to purchase additional products. Cutco stores. So we've got some retail stores out there, which which uh, it's a small number, but actually it gives us an opportunity to do a tremendous amount of testing. Uh, we get the face-to-face customer uh, interaction. We can see what products are, are being asked about. We do a lot of actually service and sharpening there, people that are, again, stranded that don't have a sales rep. So that's been a great opportunity to hear a little bit about you know, what they're experiencing, what they're looking for. And those numbers are very small. As I said, it, it's a very small part of our business, but an opportunity to really get some great testing. You know, I would say, Dan, a, a technology scares uh, me. Uh, what's what, what's it going to be like in a year or two or three or five? Uh, what, what, what's digital going to play a role in that? So how can we get ahead of that so we can to maintain relevance uh, with our customers? You know, the good, the good news is nobody's ever going to be able to like electronically... Right. Slice their food. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that's positive. You know, we talked about making Cutco a household name. I think we have, I think we probably want to try to get back to a little bit. It seemed like maybe th- there was a time before when cooking with the family, family meals, whether that was on a weekend or a Sunday, and creating memories and trying to get those people that remember cooking when they were young and introducing younger generation to the product so they can continue to uh 
you know, just share the memories of the family, the traditions and and using Cutco to be a big part of that to help out. So those are kind of some of the, I would say the main things that we're working on right now. When you mentioned re-engagement, it gave me the thought that one of the common things I hear when I'll ask somebody, hey, you know, have you heard of Cutco? They'll ask me what I do, whatever. We talk about Cutco for a while is they'll say, yeah, you know, I've got a few of those. And I always want to say like, why do you only have a few? Like, how do you only have a few? Like, haven't you repeatedly thought, man, I wish I had more of these? Like right. pretty much every time you're using them, right? Um, or, or it's the yeah. other way. When, when you ask them, they say, oh, I've got I've got everything Cutco makes. <laughs> really? Wow. Congratulations, right? You know, and everything in their mind is four knives, right? Or it's a studio set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just, it it does seem like, you know, there is an opportunity here because Cutco is so great. And like, there's nobody who, if you, you know, dropped off $2,000 of Cutco at their door is going to go, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't, no, thank you. Right. Like they want it. They like it. They love having more things. And we have so many extra things for people to have that uh, be ha- helping people build on their $500 worth of stuff they have to build that up to, you know, $5,000 worth of stuff seems like something that we could be, we definitely can be doing. And it's good to hear that that's a key part of what you guys are trying to do out there. How many Cutco stores are there these days? Uh, we have 14 right now. So, And these are all attached to like a, a local vector operation? Uh, some of them are, some of them are not. So we've had a couple of different models that we've started and, and changed up a little bit. But uh, yeah, some are currently attached and some are standalones. Uh, some are also uh, partnered with uh, Orc. Tom Work, who was on our uh, was on our board, so oh, yeah, got, that's right. Again, a lot of testing there just to see how we can utilize customers and and uh, get get uh, feedback from them. So, yeah, and ultimately, these are things that help increase awareness for the, the territory in which they are. They help support the field in a lot of ways, and just it's another positive way of us making some sales while um, you know improving the business overall. Correct. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'd like to get one of those out in the West, Steve. <laughs> what do we what do we gotta do? What do we gotta do? Get get one out here somewhere. What is your future for the vision of Cutco here on the on the marketing side? So uh again, one repeat purchase, Dan, has really been a focus of ours. You know, I joke around and say that if we could get uh uh, I can't even remember what the number is now, but let's say if we could get a third of the customers to buy a, a, a peeler, we'd, we'd double the business. I mean, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there of of past customers that, as I said, no one loved the Cutco products. So uh, gifting is going to be a focus for us. You know, when, when the people say, hey, I've, I own everything that Cutco makes, I say, oh, that's fantastic. Then you probably know how great it's going to be as a gift. And they'll never forget the person that gave them Cutco. And, you know, why wouldn't you want your friends to be able to experience what you have over the past 15, 20, 30 years? So, you know, whether that's even B2B or B2C, we've got a, a big opportunity there to get Cutco out there, uh, whether it's engraved or personalized and just get more people either to buy again or to introduce more people to the Cutco product. We've got a tremendous amount of Cutco super fans. Like you said, the customers you run into, you know, when you're in the airport or where you're at, you mentioned Cutco and they're the most oh, excited yeah. people in the whole world, right? Oh, I got Cutco. I love Cutco. And they tell you the whole story on how they bought it, why, and what they do. And, you know, they're the biggest fan. And so, you know, we've got a lot of people there that we really want to say thank you to for their passion, but also, hey, help us spread the word and and uh, some some things in the works there. 
as I said, creating those memories, you know, getting Cutco to be more of a household name. You know, we, we've got an opportunity also to, I, I think we have a chance to introduce Cutco into many other cultures. You know, the U.S. being a melting pot and we have areas that we probably don't have a presence in or we could have a much larger presence. And I think that that's a focus for us on how do we utilize the product to be able to support and to share, you know, those traditions with people that have, uh, you know, different cultures out there. So constantly meeting with our uh, manufacturing team, product development, new things that we would like to do, want more products. I, I always laugh in, mar- in marketing. They're like, would you guys want more products? Yes. Every day, every color, all the time, please. That's, you know, that that's what we want. Manufacturing, not so much. So we're always looking for, yes, give us more things to share and more excitement to create and more products to sell. Yes, we'll take it all. We'll take it all. So that's a, you know, a fine balance there between, you know, what makes sense inventory manufacturing, what makes sense from the sales force. So we got a lot of exciting things going on here and it's going to be a really bright future for, uh, for the, for the Cutco world. Yeah. That's awesome. Great to hear. That was an interesting thing you said about if a third of our customers all bought a peeler, we would double the business. And like, it was quickly in my mind, like doing the math on that. Like, that's actually true. Exactly. (laughs) If we had 5 million people buy a $50 peeler, that's $250 million in in sales. Like that's wild to think about. It's just a peeler. I mean, it's not like buy a homemaker set. It's a peeler. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's wild to think about like what the marketing side of the business could be if we can really tap into, right, a very high percentage of the current customers. Yep. Right? Yes. So interesting, interesting to think about that one. Yeah, this has been great, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Before we wrap this up, I'd love to have you, uh, give you a chance to just talk about some of the people in Olean and, you know, who you get to work with and what you like about uh, the team that's out there. So I would say, first and foremost, leadership, you've had an opportunity to be around uh, the Stitt family and the Lane family prior to that. So, you know, the commitment that they have to the people, uh, not only the people here in Olean, the people in the community, the people that are out there in the field that, uh, again, are, are selling the product, it's 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 second to none. You know, for those of you that don't know Jim, I think he did a podcast earlier, but if, if you did, you do or you don't or you saw it, Jim's not a rah-rah guy. Uh, he's not the guy that's going to get up there and give you the you know fire and brimstone and you know, but he's a guy that you can be loyal to and you'd run through a wall for, right? I mean, he's that kind of a leader, the quiet leader where you know everything that he does is done for the right reason, right? I, I think he shared this because him and I have had this uh, conversation before, where one of the things that he said during one of the visits that I really like and I've been sharing ever since is, you know, we make people decisions that impact the business not business decisions that affect our people. Mm-hmm. So it's always people first. What's the right thing to do? It doesn't matter the business. Yes, profit's important. Yes, this is important. But the most important thing is our people. And that mentality of people first is always going to be uh, a winner in my book. So, you know, always doing the right thing. You know, that's that, standing behind the forever guarantee. A lot of companies that you know nowadays are backing off on some of the promises that they've made to their customers over the years. And the fact that we said, no, we're going to stand strong on that. So generous in the community, 
you know, education and health of the, the lobby at the hospital, the, uh, the JCC theater at the community college, the basketball court at the YMCA, the stuff that they do with St. Bonaventure. It's really just the commitment that they have here is, is, is second to none. Our manufacturing team, as I said, I didn't know much about them before I got here. Now I have an opportunity. We meet on a monthly basis for uh, you know new product development messaging and talks and stuff. I found out that we're really good at making knives. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really good. Okay, they they take as much pride in that premium product as we do. It makes it a lot easier to sell when you can sit there and say, hey, I know this product is good and it's guaranteed forever. And that's awesome. And constantly looking for ways to innovate and make efficiencies, you know, supply chain, increase in raw materials, care for worker in terms of the health, health side. So how do we how do we make it better without losing any of the quality? How do we make it more efficient and, and again, keep it uh, uh, that premium product that it is? And then I have to talk about the marketing team because that's my baby here. Well, on the team, you know, they make me look real good. They're very talented. Each person has a different role, but every single person is willing to help out when we brainstorm or what happens. It doesn't matter what your title is. Everybody's part of the uh, part of the team. I've got a combined over 200 years of working here in Olean. So it's pretty neat wow. to know that I've got a handful of folks that have been here longer than I have in terms of in Olean over 20 years and, and one over 30 years. So They've seen a lot of the history. They know the products, and it's just great to work with such a talented team. You know, we brought everything in-house about 10 years ago. We used to source a lot of things out, and we said, hey, we've, we've got enough talent here to do this, and, you know, we'll produce annually three to 4,000 pieces worth of content, all the photography, anything that's on social, all the stuff that's in the website, anything that's uh, that's uh, product-related photography, any of that is done in-house, which is awesome. And I can say now that they love supporting the field, which which is you know nice for me to say when in, back in the beginning, as I mentioned, they didn't really know much about it, and and now they're really they're really passionate and they really want to see if who's doing well and what we did to help out this program or how this piece was utilized for this program. And there's a real sense of pride of supporting the uh, the business on all the ways that we do. So yeah, very lucky, Dad. Very lucky to have a great team that I do. Yeah. Who who are the longest standing members of the team that you said have been there for uh, so, so long? So Michelle Oakley is our senior graphic designer. She's uh, over 30 years uh, at this point. Pam Bailey's at uh, 27 years. Uh, she's our product marketing manager. Uh, social media PR person, Kathleen Donovan's over 20 years. Chuck Laborde, our web marketing uh, manager, is over 20 years. So, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, just a few of them. I think Mark just celebrate eight years. So we have one person at five and then eight, and then everyone else is over 10 years. So it's pretty <laughs> neat. We, we've really all stuck together and it's been great to grow as a team and to, to really be passionate about what we do. Yeah. And you've got that cool building across the street yes. from Olean. Yeah. So the Cutco Kitchen is downstairs. And as I said, that's where we brought everything in-house. And we do all of our photography, all the recipe development, everything for uh, digital is all done in-house, which is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. It's great, Steve, that you have such an amazing range of experiences from rep to manager, sales promotion manager, time in the field, time in Olean. I mean, you really know the organization as well as anyone. Just to wrap this up today, Steve, tell us why you think that Cutco Vector is such a great place for so many people. I would say, Dan, what in my experience, I've seen that this is a business for just about everybody. 
doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your family. It doesn't matter your, you know, what, what degree you're going to go to, what profession that you want to go into. Uh, this business can be beneficial to everyone. I remember a time we were at uh, RDC. It was actually in Hollywood. And uh, we were doing the push countdown. And I remember looking up and there was the top 20 reps on the stage. And I looked around and I just saw how diverse of a group they were, right? In age and all the demographics. And I just said, you know what? If somebody came in here and I said, I'll give you 50 guesses, what, what's the common connection between these people? No one would have ever said, oh, clear, they all sell knives. I mean, that's, you know, it's clear that they do that, right? So the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter what your background is or where you're from. We've got a great product. We've got great managers to train. And uh, if, if you have the ability and the desire, you can be successful here. I mean, I found out so much about myself. Uh, I was actually pretty shy and introverted in, in high school until I got into college. And I know that the experience that I gained, you know, we talk about skills for life. And those are things that it doesn't matter, you know, whether I was going to go into accounting or to be a physician or going to be a teacher all the things that I learned uh, through all my positions were beneficial and helpful for me. So uh, everybody can benefit. And, and, you know, I've got Cutco. I've had Cutco for 36 and a half years. And uh, that's also a pretty good plus, right? It's it's great people. It's great programs. It's great products. And really, anybody can benefit uh, if they put their mind to it. So uh, I'd say that, Dan. Yeah. Well, thanks, Steve. Well, among the great people in the organization, uh, you certainly stand up near the top. And it's so uh, it's so great to have you in the role that you're in. I think you're the perfect guy for what you do. You really epitomize, as I said, the spirit of the Cutco Vector business as somebody who works hard and does great work and also likes to have fun and cares about people and enjoys the process. So I'm really glad that we were able to connect for the uh, conversation today. Thanks so much for being part of the podcast. Thanks, Dan. It was a lot of fun. Have a great day. DVP, everyone, what a great story of someone who started in the vector field business and has crossed over onto the Olean team and plays such a critical role in the organization today. Love how Steve got to really love and appreciate the vector business through his experience selling and managing, connecting with mentors, having all the experiences and fun in the business, making good money and you know, all the customer stories, all that stuff. And then was tapped into moving to Olean to really help to augment this partnership between the Vector Field Organization and the Cutco uh, Headquarters Organization. Steve and his team doing great work with brand awareness, being able to get more repeat purchases, the gifting that they're trying to promote. All that stuff is like such great stuff that's going to help the business in so many ways in the future. If you're a CSP or rep who's listening, you know the work that Steve and his team are doing are going to be instrumental in building the kind of environment that our professional sales team can grow into and really maximize. thought that was so important for everybody to hear. I just want to say thank you to everybody in Olean who might be listening today. Uh, we don't get a chance to say it enough, but of course, on behalf of the Vector Field Organization, we appreciate all the amazing work that happens in Olean. We appreciate the spirit of the Olean organization and just how important it is to you in Olean to help and support our field team, how much care there is going both directions. 
between Vector and Cutco. And I think that's such an important part of the culture of our organization. Uh, we have featured Jim Stitt Jr. on the podcast in episode number 39. We also have featured Tim O'Keefe on the podcast in episode number 314. Those are two current members of the Olean team that have been featured. Please check those episodes out. Also today, we talked a little bit about Steve's role as the sales promotion manager. And I did have a great conversation with my Western region sales promotion manager, Gilbert Gonzalez. And that was featured on the podcast, episode number 275. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about what the SPM does and what a cool role that is, I think Gilbert does a great job of covering that on behalf of his SPM colleagues throughout the company. So thank you very much for listening today. Hope you enjoyed Stevie P. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.